0: You need to start thinking about your physicality and your tonality, because if there's any discrepancy between what you're saying and what your body's doing while you're talking or what your tone of voice sounds like, people are going to believe essentially what's not being said.
1: That's Francis Cole-Jones, our guest today, giving us insights on how do we present our best selves in this digital world of communication. Hey, welcome to Communication On Point. I'm your host, Dean Hefta, and this show is dedicated on bringing insights and tools to help you improve your communication and develop your leadership. Let's get started. Francis Cole Jones, hey, welcome to Communicating On Point. So glad to have you on the show.
0: I am so excited to be here, thank you.
1: You are a communication expert, to say the least. You've trained thousands of people on insights, on improving communication, and I would bet that you've seen some patterns, some things that really separate the best communicators from the average communicators. What are some of those things that you see that really separate people?
0: Well, the first thing that separates people, and that's the easiest thing to start thinking about so that you can improve, is that people actually only retain about 7% of what you're saying. So you need to start thinking about your physicality and your tonality, because if there's any discrepancy between what you're saying and what your body's doing while you're talking or what your tone of voice sounds like, people are going to believe essentially what's not being said. They'll stop listening to the words you're saying and they'll think, well, she might say she's happy, but she doesn't sound happy. Or, (laughs) you know, he might say that he can't wait to talk to me today, but he looks like he wants to crawl under a rock. So, um, and we might not be able to put our finger on why we think someone's message is garbled or jarring, but it's usually because of that disconnect between tonality, physicality, and the words that you're saying.
1: Mm, That makes a lot of sense. So what's something that I could do to maybe bring those things back into alignment or become more aware of them?
0: The easiest thing to do and such a benefit to having a million phones everywhere so you could tape record yourself, I mean, not even videotape yourself, whatever it's called these days, all the time is I want people to start to videotape themselves or were on their telephones and then... Watch themselves with the sound off, mm. and really, how interesting are you? Um, and if you're talking about, you know, vacations in Hawaii, does it look like you're talking about vacations in Hawaii, or does it look like you're talking about cancer? Because it, it's, you know, it's just it's a really fast and easy. I mean, honestly, half the time, you know, with my clients, what I'll do is I'll videotape them, and then we'll, you know, I just hit the on up button and we play it back, and I say, what do you think? And I'm like. I look so unhappy or I look so bored. So whatever it might be. Um, so yes, I talk to people a lot about working on their tonality. And I can get into that in a little bit. And also working on their listening face. Because a lot of people, when we get nervous, and a lot of us are nervous to speak, and I actually do recommend that people be nervous. It makes for a better performance. Um but the nerves makes all of our whole body tense up and that includes all the muscles in our face. So we end up with these very stiff, unhappy faces when again, we might be talking about something delightful.
1: So much of that interaction is is those body languages, the facial responses that you're in conversation with them and if you're just sitting there waiting to talk, the other person picks up on that, don't they?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: That's awesome, um, you know, because it, it's neat that you said, "Watch yourself with the sound off, because the number one thing I hear from people is, "Oh, I really don't like listening to the sound of my own voice." So being able <laughs> no, to no need me, <laughs> right, Being able to see me takes a little bit of that out so I can just focus on my body language, and, and that's right. a great tip. So that's, I think, relevant too. You know, we're in this mode right now of a lot of things. Shifting virtually, you know, away from mm-hmm. the meetings that we're used to or some of those things. And ha- not only do we have the opportunity because of technology, but we also have some of the requirements to do things more and more virtually. But from your experience, I'd love for you to teach me some of the things that I need to know for going virtual. Because if I'm going to have a meeting, it isn't just, oh, I'm going to have this meeting online now. There, there's a lot that goes into that transition. Could you? Teach me some of the things that I need to do to make sure I transition well to that virtual world.
0: Yes. The first thing to think about is if you, there. well, there are two pieces. If you are the only person who's going to be speaking and everybody else is listening for whatever reason, you're giving a webinar or something, something, then you need to be aware of your background. You need to be aware of you know, what you're wearing, you need to be thinking about again, how animated you are. And if it's just audio and it's only you and they can't see you, my first and best recommendation is to do everything standing. I'm standing right now and looking at yourself in the mirror. Because it's impossible to look at yourself in a mirror and not amuse yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to look at yourself and you're going to be like, I'm so fascinating and I'm so interesting, right? And your voice is going to follow along with all of that. And again, people um, only remember about 7% of what you say. 38% of your impact is your your tonal quality. So what your voice is doing while you're speaking. So the more that you can vary the tone of your voice and make sure that you're trying to keep it as interesting and entertaining as possible, the frankly, the happier your colleagues or your audience might be.
1: Hmm. Excellent. So you mentioned like uh, five or six really key points there. You mentioned background. Uh-huh. What should I be thinking about when it comes to background?
0: You want it clean. You want it uncluttered. Um, You—I mean, And it's just really little things too. If there's a picture behind you that's crooked on the wall, it's going to make your not audience insane. Mm-hmm. Um, if you forgot to water that ficus tree and it's kind of looking half dead, I guarantee all the plant people are going to be agitated the whole time because, <laughs> because it's bothering them. You want to set up your camera in your computer a little bit higher than your face because... Um, it's just easier if it's kind of a little bit a little bit higher. You look better. You're gonna you're gonna frankly think I look amazing right now, and I'm gonna start taking all of my vacation photos with my camera a little bit higher. Right. Um, you want to figure out your lighting. It sounds crazy. You're thinking this is not a Hollywood production. That's true. But sometimes I watch people, and it looks like they're in the witness protection program. I can <laughs> barely see them, and but then other times they've got themselves so blown out with light that it looks like you know they've been growing mushrooms in the basement. So you know you just you want all of these things need to be factored in. You want to wear blue. Blue is the color we trust the most, and it photographs best. So, as you work on your own costuming, you within all the possible shades of blue, you want to think about kind of a medium, kind of a French blue, as it's known, or a cornflower blue, which just looks really nice on camera.
1: Those are those are great tips because uh, when you're sharing that, I was thinking about if somebody invited you over to their house and in their office or in their bedroom wherever they're at set up they would be mortified oftentimes to invite you in to look at it because they're thinking oh it's a mess and it's not done up it's not but yet we're more than eager to turn our camera on and invite you know the whole world in to see this and so being intentional is what i'm hearing you say of this is part of what i'm presenting to everybody else as a part of my professionalism my credibility it's a big part of it so thinking about that uh is is a key prep that we can do, right?
0: Absolutely. And just knowing that truly, if there's anything in the background behind you that's in any way distracting, that is what people are going to be thinking about and talking about. Um so
1: excellent. I Monica. feel I feel good too. Even though <laughs> even though we're not on video, I am wearing uh-huh. a uh a, a nice French blue colored shirt. And so I feel there good you. that I picked I picked well today
0: you pick the yes and th- you do want to check your outfit ahead of time because sometimes i was working with a client who worked in finance and she didn't want to she her preference was to wear a kind of a scoop neck t-shirt underneath a blazer which would look fine in real life but the trouble was that on camera it looked a lot like a leotard and you know i said to her i just i worry that people are going to be Nervous about taking financial advice from somebody wearing a leotard? I just, you know, you you have to consider all the ramifications and all the eyeballs that are going to be on you, and make sure that you're making choices that represent who you are. Um, you know, think about it. Sounds again a little nutty, but if you've got crazy dangling earrings, that's distracting. If your hair is in your face, that's distracting. All of these things start to add up.
1: So they all begin working uh, against your message that you're trying to convey.
0: Yeah, people cannot pay attention to your message if they are thinking why on earth did he choose that pattern you know to shave his beard you know it's just, <laughs> right. it's just it's just you know people are going to get a little kooky while they're at home right now so i think a lot of people might start playing with different you know aspects of their appearance you want to just make sure they're going to reflect well on you when you get on camera <laughs> well,
1: and like you said it's not about just the words that we're picking everything else is fitting into our communication you mentioned Tonality, what what tips would you have uh, for that interesting tonality?
0: I think that you need to think about speaking from your diaphragm. And the difference is, if I can do it, you'll be able to hear it. If I'm not speaking from my diaphragm, I'm speaking from up here. Um, and I automatically, I think, sound less authoritative. So you want to get your voice down into that very lowest possible register. And the easiest way to check and see if you've engaged your diaphragm is just to put both hands on your abdomen and breathe until you can feel your hands moving backward and forward. So really deep breaths. Make sure that rib cage is expanding. Now, what you'll notice is when you're finished with that, your voice is naturally dropped down into a lower register. The other thing, if you really want to get serious about it, is you can lie on the floor of your office. You can put something super heavy on your stomach. You can breathe until you see it going up and down. And when you stand up, your voice will, again, be in that lowest register, which is really a lot easier for people to listen to. You want to think about whether or not uh, you are prone to up-speak. You know, for instance, if I were to say to you, uh, yeah, my name is Frances, and now you're thinking, well she doesn't sound super sure about that. So
1: was that a question?
0: Uh, yeah. Now you're nervous. Um, why you can't pay attention to what I'm going to be telling you. So that's a, that's something to just consider. Um, I work a lot with younger people too, uh, who are, are, are prone to vocal fry, which has come to us, you know, courtesy of the Kardashians <laughs> and, you know, where everything sounds like this. I'm like, Oh my God, I love my sister Courtney so much. She's amazing. I'm so proud of her. And, and, it, and it just makes people want to weep. Um, so, so yes, <laughs> there are a lot of ways that your that your voice can, um, be upsetting to other people without you even knowing it. The other thing I work a lot with clients on is, You know, sometimes people talk and they just stay in this range, the one range the entire time they're talking. So no matter what they're saying, it starts to all blur together in your mind. Even if I told you you won a million dollars, you'd stop listening because it's just it's kind of a relentless. (laughs) So so, yeah, just really beginning to be aware of your tone and its impact on other people. And a great way to figure this out into practice is to start to record yourself reading children's books because it's impossible, you know, if you're reading along, you're like, there's a mama bear and there's a papa bear and there's a baby bear. And you, your voice automatically starts to use that entire range of possibility. So, you know, it has to be appropriate again for your message. If we're talking about something calamitous, um, you want to have the appropriate somber tonal quality, but even then you can vary the, the range. So yes.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a lot of, uh, I think, helping us with the how, because it's, it's that first impression that we're giving to people on this video call, how we present ourselves, what we're showing around us, how we're lighting, how we're positioning things. But certainly there's a lot of preparation. Maybe I'm hosting a meeting. Maybe I've called the meeting and I need to prepare well of how am I going to be ready? How am I going to have people ready? How am I going to facilitate this? All of those things that go into it. What are some things that I need to make sure that I'm thinking about when it comes to having a great meeting virtually?
0: One of the best things that you can do is if it's at all possible, and certainly it's possible right now, everybody should be in their own space because. What happens is if you've got one or two people who are alone, and then five or six people who are in one room together, the people who are alone are convinced that the people in the room together are passing notes about them, <laughs> right? <laughs> you just or, so, so really, if you can spread out, and we all can spread out right now, we're supposed to, um, you want to make sure that that's happening. You need to set a policy with your colleagues. There will be no IMing during this meeting. I mean, let's leave. We'll leave Instagram and Facebook and everything else aside. The only thing you're doing right now is being on this call. It's going to go faster. So make sure that that is something that's an agreement that everyone has committed to. I think that you want to, one of the easiest ways to do it is, you know, sometimes you all know each other really well. But sometimes um, people are meeting for the first time in these situations. If that's the case, what could be really nice is to put a picture of everyone who's participating essentially in a clock face diagram. And then as each person speaks, they can say, oh, you know, this is Francis at two o'clock. And everyone looks and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I know who that is. Okay. Um, so that helps people just rem- figure out as if they can't recognize voices immediately. It's a great way for people to just clue everybody into who's speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another nice thing to do at the very beginning of the meeting is to just go around and do a one-word check-in with everybody about how they're feeling. And I find an easy way to do this with my team is we... We uh, do our check-in in in terms of our weather. So how are you today? I'm 70 and sunny. How are you? I'm partly cloudy. How are you? There is a typhoon headed directly toward me. Okay, we know we're gonna need to start with you first. So that's a fast way just to figure out where everybody's head is and to triage, because you want these meetings to be efficient. You don't wanna have them go on and on forever. And now we know, okay, typhoon goes first. <laughs> right. Partly cloudy goes second. Um, but that's just it also prevents hiding. because what happens a lot is people get on these calls and then they do kind of and there are a million visual distractions. They start spacing out. So it's a way to um, make sure you know, the other thing I do is when I when I make a suggestion, I then I, everybody has to verbally agree, yes or no. And we go around. one, two, three, four, five, six. I need to know. I want you to say it out loud. Until I heard out loud, you know, we're waiting for you. So that's because we can't see your head nodding. And then I also really for some of the people with whom I work who are super visual. And if you know that's your primary intake pathway, then help yourself out. And frankly, put on an eye mask. (laughs) Cut off. (laughs) I'm sure you've had one from a recent business trip, (laughs) airplane flight. Put that baby on. Remove the temptation to start doing something else in your office. So,
1: never, yeah, I've never thought about that. If it's,
0: <laughs> if, if it's,
1: it's that's a great tip, though. If it's just an audio call, if it's not a Zoom call, it might look a little bit odd if you're on a video you know. call and you've got a, you know, oh, yeah, then, then, then,
0: yeah no, then everybody knows, then everyone thinks you're just taking a nap. But yes, right. if this so. is it, if there's no video then it's a great way for people with a very strong visual intake pathway. You know, and that's just how they operate. It's not their fault, but they're going to be more easily distracted.
1: Excellent. So, so how do, you know, one of the things that I hear from people, their frustration with whether it's conference calls or video calls, is the the talking over of each other. Or right. uh, maybe there's 12 of us on the call and it's, and the leader says, okay, who would like to start? You know, and then we sit there for four seconds, and then three people start talking at the same time. How do we manage some of that over talking and dead air, and and work through that?
0: Again, I think what what can be super useful is to have everybody mentally, at least, in a clock face diagram, and then just go around. Um, We always start the same way. We go left to right. Do you have anything to say? No. Okay, next. But. And just to keep that order super consistent. And again, that's one of the reasons why beginning with a one-word check-in is super helpful because it just gets everybody mentally into that routine of this is how we begin our meeting. That That's that.
1: Yeah, that's that's neat because it we're used to physically sitting in that type of an arrangement. And so now you can mimic some of those patterns of, okay, I know that I'm going to be coming up in two people here. So right. it's going to be up to me next.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great, great thing to do. Again, and if there are more than 12 people, you just make more spaces on your little diagram that you have on your piece of paper. Or send, again, if you know you're, who's going to be on the call, send out the team positions the night before so everybody knows where they are. So
1: how do I, what should I be doing before I even have the meeting? Whether it's a video call or a conference call, if I'm organizing it, what do I need to make sure that I'm doing ahead of it?
0: I think that you want to have an agenda because, you know, you would have an agenda if it was an in-person meeting. So this is, you know, set that up. Um, but I think that you want to, and if it's possible, circulate it to a few key people ahead of the meeting. Is there anything you want to add? Um, how much time do you think you're going to need? Be realistic. So I think all of those things, you know, would be done if you were meeting in person. You wouldn't just roll into a conference room and hope for the best. And make sure that people get that in writing and have that in front of them.
1: How many many meetings even need to be meetings?
0: Well, I think that it's always good to have... I worked with a company in Canada that had something what they called... They called every day the entire company met at a pillar in the, the central space for I believe the limit was six minutes. And it was called a TTP meeting to the point. It was done standing. That's another way to short down, to shorten your meeting time, Mm -hmm. take away the chairs. But then they just went around. And as each person went around and said, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. You know, there's one person who goes, okay, it sounds like you and this one, this person and this person, you're going to need to do a side meeting later today. Can we count on you to get that done? And you're gonna be reporting back by when. This is by when we expect to hear back from you. So I think it's sometimes helpful to do a super short, quick roundup of everybody on your team, and then figure out, like, these two people are gonna to need to caucus on the side. These two people are over here. These two, you know, and then follow up with a memo to everybody. We're gonna be expecting feedback from these two who went off together, these three who went off together, it's just, it's a nice way to kind of corral everybody, but not make everybody sit through the side conversations.
1: Right. So I need to be clear. What's my goal? We just want to get everybody on the same page so people know what's going on. In that case, it's very constrained. Six right. minutes. I think that's part of people's fear is that how long is this going to take? You know, how much of my day am I going to give up for something that I'm not even needed at?
0: Yeah. No. So if you know, if you set a 10-minute limit and set the timer, you know, it's it's happening. But you always you do want to have one person recording. This is who's meeting, and this is by when they will be getting back to us. And follow up afterward, have that person who's taking notes, blast out a memo to everyone who attended, saying, okay, here's the agenda for the follow-up. This is by when so-and-so. So at least it can be tracked.
1: Yep. So uh-huh. if there's clear decisions, if there's action mm-hmm. plans, anything, it's not just lost thinking, "Oh, right. I thought well, I thought Jane was going to take care of that." I can't. Yeah, they I were taking
0: care done. of that, but then I never heard back from them and then I I didn't check in with them and why didn't they check in with me? me? Right. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, so,
1: Francis, you work with so many different organizations, different types of people, and you see these opportunities to improve communication, shifting gears away from you know, improving our online meetings. What is something, you know, think about a tool or something that you really see having an impact that would be helpful for our listeners to understand? You know, your book, How to Wow, which I've, you know, loved for 10 years or however long it's been out, is such you. a reference book for little insights that can help people move forward. And I've got to imagine that there's some things in there that you just keep coming back to and coming back to that really has an impact on people. What's something that you would love to share? with the listeners.
0: The thing that you want to think about anytime you start putting together, whether it's a presentation or you're going on a date, is you kind of know what you want to talk about, but you have to consider why why should this person care about this? Is it clear to them um, where, you know, what I'm talking about, intersects with what they care about or what they want or what they need or how it might be able to make their life better. Or, you know, so it's it's what I refer to in how to wow as the egg. And it comes from a decision that was made in the Duncan Hines, uh, marketing department. And what they decided, or what they discovered is that when they have the, you at home, the home baker add the egg to the mix you're more invested in the success of the cake because you feel like you contributed to it. You're like, I baked. Look at me. I'm amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you, but you know, I don't know if, how many cake mixes you've used, but there are mixes where it says, you know, just add water and you feel sad about yourself. Um, and there's no reason for that. We have powdered egg, let's face it. But you haven't really done much with it. So in every situation, it's figuring out what's the egg where does what you want or need um, intersect with what your audience wants and needs? Um, so that whatever you're baking together it becomes a shared you know success, a shared delightful and delicious experience for both of you? <laughs>
1: well, that, that is a, a big deal, because whether I'm in sales, whether I'm leading a team, maybe I'm in customer service, there's somebody that I'm serving, could be a teammate and understanding what is it that they are needing? What are they wanting? What's their why can really help me reframe maybe my approach or the questions I ask or how I can connect what I'm needing done into what they're needing done. And so that seems like that could really give me a a North Star to kind of guide the conversation and, and how do I connect with them?
0: Yeah. And an easy way to, if you're, if you're really having trouble figuring out somebody's egg is the question that you want to be asking yourself while they're talking is, "What does this person value? What am I learning about their values from what they're talking? Do they value safety? Do they value their bottom line? Do they value their customers? Do they value being first out to the market? What, listen for that and then speak into into that. This is how you can make you can add to their safety. This is how you can make their customers happier. This is how you can help them get to the market more quickly. But you listening for what they value is a really good way to find the egg.
1: That's great advice. And you've got a lot of tools out there for people that want to get better at their communication skills. What are some of the resources that that you have or where would you point people to getting more of your insights?
0: I have, well, if you go to my website, which is my name, FrancesColeJones.com, I have a couple of books, I've written three. Uh, so there's How to Wow, The Wow Factor, and Wow Your Way Into the Job of Your Dreams. Um, I have an app for people who are doing uh, going on job interviews. It's called Interview Wow, and it's free for the iPhone and the iPad. You can, you can look at that. Um, but there also is on my website, one of the things I love the most, is I have an ask a question button. So if any of your listeners have any questions about anything, just go to my website and click on the ask a question button and all the questions roll directly to my cell phone. Um, and I will answer. I do answer every single question that I get. Sometimes it takes a few days, but I promise you. And it's it's a joy for me. And what it also does is it fuels if you just kind of I have a, something called the wow of the week, which is a weekly blog post that goes out to everybody who signs up on my webpage. It just, it's essentially what's going on, something that I've realized that my clients are working on and I've been able to help them. And now I want everybody to be able to know how we sorted out this situation. So you can sign up for the wow of the week too.
1: Oh, that's excellent. So in kind of winding down, what's what's one thing that you would love to just highlight or pass along for guidance or advice to anybody listening to this when it comes to communication?
0: It's really, really easy to get better at this. It's one of the reasons why I had to start my own company because I had met media trainers who I had heard say to clients, you know, well, you're going to really need to work with me, you know, once a week for six months. blah." No. You really don't. I promise you. If you put your mind to it, this is something that you can improve on seriously in 24 hours. If you begin to break down your tonality and your physicality and your message and and, and work on each of these things individually and then fit, retrofit them back together. But this isn't as hard as people make it out to be and everybody can improve. And Again, if you're having any trouble, just give me a call. But, um, but I, I, I do know that. So that's what I want people to know. I want them to have that confidence.
1: That's great insight and great advice. And this has been excellent. Uh, thank Some great you. tips here. And I'm so glad, Francis Cole-Jones, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing the insights that really can make a difference in the impact that people have on others. And, and that's working on communication.
0: Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it.
1: You know, there are so many tools that Francis covered there. I hope there was a few that you pulled out that you can put to work right away. You know, everything from the importance of varying your tone when you're on a call or on a video call to increase the interest and the attention that other people have to the setup that we have around us, being intentional about our digital surroundings. Think of it like uh, our studio. And Right now, a lot of people are kind of accidentally communicating. You know, they've got the laptop in their lap. They've got poor lighting to their back, all of those things. And so there's tools that with some little tweaks, some thoughtfulness, you can really increase your presence and your impact on the other people that you're on a call with. So if you have ideas for topics, if you have a question that you'd like to dive in, please send me an email. My email is dean at clarisresults.com. D-E-A-N at clarisresults.com. Please reach out to me. I work with leaders and organizations increasing their impact of their communication and their effectiveness as leaders. So if there's needs that you have, questions that you're encountering, please be sure to reach out to me. I'd love to visit with you and I'm looking forward to seeing you all again next week. Take care.